Hello, and welcome to Movement, the Science of the Self. I'm your host, Ergi Pongo, and my calling is to explore movement and identity as they relate to body image and self-image. On this podcast, we share transformational stories from people in the field of movement science. We have conversations about healing and strengthening. Plus, we connect with people who have unique relationships with their bodies. If you're interested in discovering how movement science can impact your relationship with your body, we invite you to book a free consultation with Pongo Power Personal Training. Pongo Power will provide you with a complimentary movement analysis and goal setting session through understanding how our bodies move, our lives are transformed. Hello and welcome to Movement, the Science of the Self. I'm Elizabeth Pongo, the founder of Pongo Power Personal Training. And today I am here with Kristen Latiri. Welcome, Kristen. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure, Kristen. I'm so happy to have you on the show. You are one of my favorite colleagues at work. You are a National Academy of Sports Medicine personal trainer and... And I'm pre-postnatal certified. I'm also a brain health training specialist through the Functional Training Institute. And I'm also a Matt Pilates instructor. Brain health training specialist through the Functional Aging Institute. What is that about, Kristen? Um, so that's a really interesting training that we all took. And it's basically about how we can train um during like our physical training sessions to try and keep our brain as healthy as possible. Ooh, so not only training the body, but also training the brain. Yeah, so it's just another really fun goal that if somebody has, we can program for that um, and add some fun, it's really like games that we can play while moving. Um, You know, for example, like, doing a squat and tossing a ball back and forth can be one thing, you know, in person mm-hmm. or um, using like different color cards to do, you know, a flow of certain movements, but it was a, it was a fun training. And I think people like having it in their program. Yeah. And it really helps to stave off um, forms of dementia that we can encounter as we get older. Is that right? Yeah. Well, sign me up. so um and why did you get into personal training so actually i was working as a social worker and i became really interested in the mind-body connection Mm -hmm. so i decided to get certified by nasm the national academy of sports medicine as a personal trainer and from there one thing led to another and here i am at pongo power um but I'm still really interested in that mind-body connection. But what keeps me really interested in training and training other people is that I just, I wanna be able to keep doing things. You know, like I have a young son and I wanna be able to keep doing the things that I did before he was born. I wanna do whatever he asks me to do. Like, I don't even know what that's gonna be. Um, And, I just, I'm not trying to push it, but I don't want to limit myself by not having, you know, a good, stable 
foundation to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love teaching people how to do that for themselves. Yeah, it's incredible. I feel like in our culture where we're seated so often in front of computers, and even if we have standing desks, we're so focused on screens so much of the time. Mm. It's just imperative that we're training our bodies to continue to move, you know, in all planes of motion, like freely so that we don't lose range of motion and and flexibility. Right. And there's a lot of really fun things to do, you know, whatever, like name the thing that you love, but a lot of the basic movements that create that really solid foundation, um, are pretty simple and they're the same movements across all these different other activities. Um, so, you know, like when I go snowboarding, I like practice doing a lot of squats cause I'm basically riding down the mountain in a squat. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure that, you know, the right muscles, my prime movers are holding me up so that when I leave, I don't have, you know, like back pain that could have been avoided, you know? Totally. And I would venture to say that in the world that we live in, we do not get a lot of this education in high school, like learning what a prime mover is, which is the major muscle that is supposed to perform that function many people don't know what the prime mover is or like what the stabilizer is. You know, our joints are so incredibly mobile, especially our shoulder joints or our hips or knees, for example, that if there isn't this beautiful balance going on, the joints become unstable and then we end up with aches and pains and we're not really sure why or how to stop exacerbating them without the foundational aspect of training our bodies, I think. Yeah, exactly. And so there's a name for how all of our muscles and joints are connected. And that was part of what we wanted to talk about today, which is the kinetic chain. So as we go through um, some of the movements that we wanted to talk about today, and we mentioned the kinetic chain, it's basically what Elizabeth just described as um, how your joints and muscles are all working together. And there's a way that, you know, our bodies are made to work. And then if one piece of that puzzle isn't functioning properly, it can impact how other pieces are moving as well. Totally. Like when you're driving the car, if the alignment is off a little bit in the wheelbase, then your steering wheel starts to jiggle and something somewhere might be breaking down. It's just not optimal. And then you, you, you know, you, you have unnecessary wear and tear basically. Yeah. So, um, so how would you start a training protocol, like an exercise program designed for a client? What would be the first phase of training? Mm -hmm. So the first phase is always a really good Uh, way to start is core integration. So your core is what's responsible for keeping your spine and your pelvis stable. And so that's, you know, everything, all all the limbs are attached to that center of your body, which is the spine and pelvis. Mm -hmm. So to start working on core integration, and honestly, I even do this sometimes first thing in the morning, like if I slept weird or something like that, I think a good way to start is laying down 
on the mat because your spine is stable that way. So you don't have to know how to move properly yet. Like that's the floor is doing that for you or your mat. And um, then we can start um, movement, moving like a glute bridge is a really good exercise that's on the floor where your spine is really stable. Um, so that we can keep our spine and pelvis in a neutral position while we learn all these other movements that we can do. And have you ever worked with a client who has trouble getting down onto the floor and up again? Mm-hmm. Yes. And how does that go? What What's the progression over time? So we, we practice it. Um, if, you know, like if someone is having trouble getting down, I can program so that, you know, you only go down one time and then we're doing the mat portion and then we'll practice getting up and, you know, you can, we'll set up, like have a chair next to you or have something, you know, that you can use as a prop to assist on the way up. But, you know, you wouldn't have that person going up and down, up and down, up and down. That would be a progression. And as time moves on, I mean, depending on what's going on, you know, you want to have as much healthy movement as is possible for you. Like everybody's body is different and, you know, one person's goal, it, you know, could be someone else. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just different, but um, yeah. So that's how I've started with, you know, small movements. And the other thing is for some people, if you can't get down onto the floor right away, there's a lot of things that you could do in a chair um, although that's not laying down on the floor, like I just described, but sure, but your hips are totally stable on the chair and yeah. you're creating a sense of stability and you can learn how to move efficiently so that when you start progressing to going down onto the floor, if that's appropriate, like for some right. people, they might not want to get on the floor. They don't have to, although it's a great skill to have if you fall down <laughs> you want to be able to get up off the floor <laughs> so so yeah so we start with the stable foundation and core integration really learning how to stabilize the spine and integrate the muscles that surround the spine we also start with integrating the use of breathing techniques mm -hmm. so that we're always breathing throughout the workout which makes a huge difference so many people these days even me, I mean, all of us, I think at times we hold our breath mm -hmm. just because we are tense. And so by learning how to breathe and integrate the abs with the use of the breath, we actually switch the body from fight or flight to rest digest, which is a great place to be for brain health. Mm -hmm. And also your immune system functions better when we are not always in fight or flight, but rather rest, digest, and, and that's where we can thrive a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So, um, so say you have a client and they have this stable core, uh, some knowledge of alignment. What are some movements that you think are important for people to learn how to perform properly? So the first one is a hinge. And that is like, you're picking something up off the floor. Can you show us? So, yes, yeah, so I will show you a hinge. 
And for our listeners who are not on YouTube, I'll narrate. And if you're on YouTube and if you'd like to go to Pongo Power on YouTube, this is the video is available. Um, Also, you know, to teach a hinge or to teach any movement, really, um, we start without weight. So like all this stuff behind me, like I'm not even thinking about it yet because I want to make sure that I can get the movement pattern um, correct before I add any more intensity to it. So this is a hinge. Um, I was going to put like a prop in front of me, something to pick up, but I'll just pretend I'm picking something up. So I'm going to shift my hips back like somebody is pulling my waist and then press my feet away to come up to standing. So Kristen is moving her hips backward. Will you demonstrate the motion again? Mm-hmm. Almost as though she's sitting onto a chair in, in a certain regard. The differences between this motion, a hinge, the hip hinge, and regular bending over is that Kristen is not bending her spine per se. She's not rounding. And and why is it important to learn how to not round the spine when it's not necessary to round your spine? Mm -hmm. So what we were just discussing earlier is we don't want to put any unnecessary pressure on the spine when we go to pick things up. So I really want, you know, the chain, like the back of my body to be helping me here so that I don't cause excess stress when I come to stand back up. Right. Cause the vertebrae are tiny little bones and there's lots of little muscles around the vertebrae. And those guys are not as strong as the muscles in your hips and the the sacroiliac joint, like the glutes. So although you do integrate them and you activate those core muscles, at the same time, you don't want to overload the spinal column. You want to make sure the spinal column has the support it needs. And the hip hinge is sort of like the gateway to give your spinal column support. Right. And also, I just realized we should talk about integrating breath into this movement as well. Sure. Yeah. I was going to, you know, integrate breath into the hip hinge to really help me and support my pelvis and spine. I'm going to inhale as I come down into the hinge, exhale as I press the ground away. Beautiful. So you're also integrating breathing techniques, which grounds the body and helps the body to function better because you have more oxygen coming into your system. Right. Cool. So what is another motion that is really great to work on as we go through our lives? Yeah. So another motion that is great and we use in weight training and just life in general is a pulling motion. Like I'm going to pull the door open. Um, (laughs) And, um, you know, so a good example of that is a bent over row. So I'm actually going to come into my hinge to do this. And there's a lot of different ways to do rows. Like I could sit down on the floor and, and pull something back as well, but I'm just going to use, um, a bench over position to start. So I'm going to find that hinge here, my back and my core is integrated. So my back is nice and stable. And then I'm going to be mindful of what's happening with my chest as I exhale and pull up. 
inhale, lower down. So I wanna make sure that my chest is staying here so that the muscles in my back are what's helping me and I'm not flaring my chest to get that weight up. Mm, you could so, use your foam roller. That's a lightweight object that you could lift up. That's a good idea. All right, so here. Mm -hmm. And you would exhale as you contract the muscles. When muscles squeeze, we exhale with the contraction. And then when muscle lengthens in order to lower the weight or lengthen the lever, we inhale. So inhale with the lengthening, exhale with the contraction. Beautiful. Now, can you show us what would be some errors we might inadvertently make while we are performing uh, the pulling or rowing motion? What are some uh, faulty movement patterns that are common? Um, so one thing um, would be uh, to have my neck like... Oh. Ooh, really, really, really compressing your cervical spine. Ouch. Mm -hmm. And then... And yeah. then, so I guess most common though in this would be... Oh, flaring the ribs instead of integrating. So you're kind of like lifting your upper body. What about uh, shoulders elevating? Like if oh, I, for example, I have upper trap dominance, so I have to really pack my shoulders down. That's a common one. We all have neck tension in our society today. We elevate our shoulders. Yeah. Instead so of that's a great example because you can feel, I mean, the muscles here in the neck, which where every, you know, you can feel getting really tight are really small, <laughs> you know? And like for these muscles to be doing the work that, you know, your back could be doing. Yeah. You can see how that puts excess stress um, that can lead to pain. Right. It's so important. And these are so simple, like in terms of we go through our daily lives and we walk the dog, we <laughs> reach for something from the cabinet. We right. And, and then we're like, wait, uh, my, why does my neck hurt? Why does my shoulder hurt? All I did was move my arm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's really yeah. important. And walking we... the dog is a great example because you're not in, I mean, you know, if you have the best dog, but <laughs> like, I'm not always in control of like what my dog is going to, yeah, I could think he's just standing looking at nature. And then the next thing I know, he's like pulling on the leash and you know, that's just ow. So also, I think as people get fatigued throughout the course of their day, overactive tight muscles just kind of tend to step in like they have a quicker activation threshold. And so unless we're working on lengthening those muscles and relaxing those muscles through very specific exercises that we program for people according to their needs, those muscles are going to be activated. Why, why would they relax? if they're habitually contracted. <laughs> right, right, right. So did you wanna show um, a squatting motion? Cause that's also sure. a so, motion that we use. So I have a profound scoliosis. So my spine is like twisted in my body. So when I do a squat, what I would be tempted to do would be, I would go like this. I would arch my back to get some mobility and then lower myself down and, and elevate my shoulders. 
And you can see when her back arches, that causes that same rib flare that we were talking about. Right. Earlier. And it's just my hump, my scoliosis is just like tightening up. Mm -hmm. So for me, I really need to always be conscious of creating a neutral pelvis so that I'm integrating my abs, not just utilizing my back. Right. So what she's doing is taking a breath first. Right. Inhaling to begin. And then exhale as I lower myself down. This is like work. This is a lot of work for me. <laughs> so, Kristen, maybe you could walk me through it and so, uh, coach me the way you would coach a client. Yeah, sure. So let's try to make the uh, the movement a little bit smaller so you don't have to go as far down because when you went all the way down, you lost that core connection. And so your hips started rounding forward, but they were neutral. Uh, most of the way down. What would you say to a client who's worried about always looking at the computer when they're training with you and craning their neck? Mm. So what I would probably do is have them, like if I would have them watch me one time so they knew what they were doing. And then I would ask, you know, I would try and just ask them to keep their eyes focused on, you know, something in the room. Um, And then I could, you know, I would, I would tell them what to do and see if that helped. And then if not, we can, you know, we can move the camera around, but generally I think just being able to listen and make small adjustments one at a time. Um, you know, I try to be really clear so that people can understand one, I ask one thing at a time so they can fix without, uh, like staring at me the whole time because we want to train our bodies to be in alignment at all times and like craning your neck or looking over to the side is not, um, in alignment. Right. Not part of the training protocol. Right. (laughs) Okay. So you're going to stand with your feet, hip distance apart and hip bony parts of your hips pointing forward. Okay. So take that round of breath, let everything settle down. And inhale as you come back. So stop there. Look forward. So you don't have to watch yourself because I'm going to be um, correcting you. So if you want to turn to the side, actually, and then we'll do the front. Okay. Okay. So take your round of breath. Let everything settle down. Ribs soft. Inhale. Hips back. Your chest is going to stay up. And just stop right there. That's perfect. And exhale as you press the floor away from you, squeeze your glutes to come up to standing. So I don't have to go too far. I go. You don't have to go too far. Once you've mastered that, we can then add um, onto the range of motion. And now if you face forward, so you can see how her back is staying nice and stable there. So now we can look at a different part of her body. Good. So I was looking... So I'm looking at her knees right now. And the first one, actually, your knees were very much in alignment. But I can see that you're really working to keep your knees from coming in. Yes, I am. (laughs) So inhale, yeah. And then exhale as you press the ground up. Good. Mm -hmm. I look like I'm in shape. (laughs) But but it's just as important for me as everyone else in the world to train properly. Mm-hmm. And I tend to want to go for a walk or go for a jog or go for a swim. 
But I really value these corrections that Pongo Power trainers provide because I need to train and untrain the faulty movement patterns so I can move efficiently and safely. Yeah. And so that's actually a really good point is if you don't know that you have a faulty movement pattern, you know, like you can do a lot of these movements, but you're going to just continue to um, recruit the wrong, you know, the wrong muscles, and then it can just continue on. So learning which muscles to recruit and kind of taking it back is really important. So that's why we always start with the basics. We start with some foundational exercises, breathing, core integration, corrections, and we modify, modify, modify so that it's all within a functional range of motion. Yeah. And then once you've mastered those basics, that's when you can safely progress. And again, depending on your goals and the person, you can add weight, uh, resistance training, speed, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. Pain relief, just pain relief. Like, staying within the boundary of not uh, causing unnecessary tension or yep. pinched nerves in your body, you know, tuning into your system. Mm-hmm. Everyone's goals are so unique. And I think that's why customized, personalized program design is like a miracle. Yeah, well, because the program is made for you. So basically what we're saying is that there's always a baseline for each individual that's unique. And we always start in that very stable phase of training before we progress Mm -hmm. according to the goals of the client. Yeah. All right, Kristen. Well, thank you so much for joining Movement, the Science of the Self. I really enjoyed learning why training and exercise is important to you today. Thanks for having me. I hope you had some fun on the show. It was fun. Great. And is there anything you want to say before we say goodbye to our listeners? Thanks. And I hope you learned something. Yeah. All right. Well, have a great rest of your day. And thank you for joining Movement, the Science of the Self. Thank you. Hey, thank you for tuning into the show and listening. If you're interested in understanding how your body moves, Pongo Power offers a complimentary fitness assessment and goal-setting session. This 55-minute appointment is completely free, and you can do it through the magic of Zoom in the comfort of your own home. Just book online by heading over to freefitnessassessment.pongopower.com. I've been a personal trainer for 20 years, and I've helped hundreds of humans to gain true physical and mental strength. You can learn more about our team of personal trainers on our website, pongopower.com. When we learn how to exercise safely and effectively, we experience true freedom. On Movement, the Science of the Self, we provide you with the inspiration you need to move your body as you cultivate your own sense of identity. In joining the conversation about how we identify ourselves, Pongo Power is committed to the empowerment of each individual's right to choose. Now go out there and get some movement.